What the angel had to say is puzzling, for he tells the woman, quote, You are barren and have no children, end of quote. Were that the extent of this angelic announcement, we might have considered this a bad celestial joke. But when the angel promptly added, You shall conceive and bear a son, a potential joke was transformed into excellent news. The Bible is full of stories that we all know and love. But how well do we know them? The answer might surprise you. The Bible you thought you knew is going to dive deep into the exquisite details of the biblical stories that make them fascinating and transforming. This week's podcast is about a woman who has a whole chapter dedicated to her even though she's never named. Her story is told in Judges chapter 13. Even though Judges is not a well-known book, almost everyone knows the name Samson. This unnamed woman was Samson's mother. Later in the story, Samson is presented as a man's man, demonstrated by his incredible strength and his womanizing patterns. His father, Manoah, is named at the outset of this episode. As in most Israelite families in a patriarchal culture, males dominate. Still, before we come to the story's conclusion, we will see that Manoah's wife and Samson's mother, though never once named, possessed all the brains in this household. Curiously, the very start of the episode focuses exclusively on Israel as a people. With formulaic language, we learn that once again Israel had been evil in the Lord's eyes. That's in verse 1. This is hardly unusual in the book of Judges. In fact, it is part of a pattern in which the first element is Israel's doing something wrong that angers God. As expected, divine judgment soon follows. This time, Israel's punishment came in the form of Philistine oppression. This was no divine slap on the wrist, for this oppression had been going on for forty years. Then the narrative transitions abruptly. We are, out of the blue, introduced to a man named Manoah, a Danite who lived in Zorah. That's in verse 2. He was married to an infertile wife. The text adds redundantly that she had never given birth. We will have to wait to see what Manoah and his barren wife have to do with Israel's dilemma. But if we thought that Manoah would be the principal character, while his unnamed spouse would be relegated to the background, we are mistaken. When the angel of the Lord made an appearance, he came to address the woman. Manoah is nowhere in sight. What the angel had to say is puzzling, for he tells the woman, quote, You are barren and have no children. End of quote. That's in verse 3. Were that the extent of this angelic announcement, we might have considered this a bad celestial joke. The woman surely did not need an angel to reveal to her what she already knew. But when the angel promptly added, 
you shall conceive and bear a son, a potential joke was transformed into excellent news. Telling an infertile woman in the ancient world that she would soon bear a son was absolutely deserving of a revelation. All of a sudden, we are dealing with a story featuring an angelic birth announcement. This will not be the last time we encounter such an incident in the biblical tradition. It turns out that the angel had more to say beyond the pending birth. The angel's announcement comes with instructions. The woman is to refrain from drinking wine or spirits, that is, hard alcohol. Also, reminding her that she will have a son, as though she had already forgotten, she had to make sure that no razor would ever touch her son's head. There is a reason for this. The angel pointed out that the lad was destined to be a Nazarite to God from birth. A Nazarite was someone who had taken special vows indicative of religious devotion. That's in verses 4 and 5. Though this is fascinating stuff, what does any of this have to do with how the chapter began by noting Israel's evil behavior and subsequent punishment? The last thing the angel said solves this mystery. The child will begin to save Israel from Philistine oppression. The amazing encounter with the angel of the Lord prompts the woman to tell her husband what had happened. That's in verse 6. She may, however, have been a tad shaken by this visitation in that she informed her husband that a man of God came to me. Man of God typically refers to a prophet, not an angel. She quickly elaborated, though, by saying that this man of God looked more like an angel of God since his face was so frightening. Frightening here means something more than scary. It suggests something unfathomable, difficult to describe, or awe-inspiring. The woman may have reported that she was in the presence of a prophet, but she intuited that he was more than a prophet. He seemed in an odd way otherworldly to her. This was no casual encounter. Manoach's wife filled in the details. She points out that she did not think to ask this prophet, who seemed to be more than a prophet, where he came from. Plus, the visitor offered no name. She also told her husband that the figure had predicted that she would have a son and that she was not to consume alcohol or any unclean food. Abstaining from unclean food was not previously mentioned. As well, the woman said nothing about the razor, but she did report that her son was to be a Nazarite till the day he died. That's in verse 7. Did this muddling of the details suggest that the woman in her excitement had not remembered correctly? Or was she for some unknown reason withholding all the information she had at her disposal? It is hard to say. From Manoak's standpoint, however, he took what his wife had said with utmost seriousness. He did not respond to her at all. Instead, he began to pray. That's in verse 8. 
His prayer was simple and to the point. He asked God to send the man of God, that is the prophet, back to tell him and his wife what they should do with the son about to be born. Of course, the angel had specified at least some of what the couple was to do. Had Manoah thought his wife got the instructions wrong? Or did he think they were insufficient? Even worse, had he discounted what she had said except for the birth prediction itself? Once more, it is difficult to know. In any case, God answered the prayer. That's in verse 9. The angel of God returned, but only to the woman as she was sitting in a field. Manoah was not with her when this happened. Why had the angel not come to both of them? Why single out the woman? Answers to these questions are not apparent. Nevertheless, the woman ran hurriedly to her husband right away to inform him what had transpired. That's in verse 9. When she got to him, she called the visitor only a man. But somehow, she recognized him as the one who had previously been with her. That's in verse 10. Manoah did not doubt her in the least. Therefore, he ran after her and got to the man right away. Manoah asked the man whether he was the one who had spoken with his wife, to which the man responded, I am. That's in verse 11. Was Manoah seeking verification? If so, he got it. Then the husband demands to know specifically what manner of life the boy should have and what further should he do. That's in verse 12. He had no trouble believing the prediction, but was obsessed with how the boy was to live and what his vocation would be. The angel of the Lord, identified as such by the narrator at this juncture, emphasized that the woman should do what he had earlier said, but with a slight variation. She was not to eat anything coming from a vine or anything unclean and could not drink wine or strong drink. That's verse 14. Under no circumstances was she to deviate from these instructions. These obligations pertained only to the woman. Apparently satisfied, Manoach offers the man a meal. Please, let us detain you and prepare a kid for you. That's in verse 15. Remember that a kid means a goat. Was this Manoach's way of saying thank you? Was this ordinary Near Eastern hospitality? Did he think this moment was extraordinary? Again, it is difficult to determine. In any case, the angel of the Lord declines the offer. That's in verse 16. Then he suggests an alternative. While I will not eat with you, he says, a burnt offering made to the Lord would be appropriate. That's in verse 16. At that point, the narrator informs us that when Manoah made the invitation, he did not realize that the figure was the angel of the Lord. Unfazed by this rejection of the meal, Manoah asks what his wife had neglected to ask when the angel of the Lord first appeared. Manoah wanted to know the man's name, so that when the prediction came to pass, 
he could be suitably honored. That's in verse 17. Presumably, Manoah assumed that the man was a prophet. But the angel of the Lord will not play ball. He inquires why Manoah is curious about his name, because it is wonderful, perhaps meaning ineffable. How does one name something this spectacular? To be sure, occasionally an angel of the Lord sports a name, but more commonly they are not identified by name. Manoah does not answer this question directly. Instead, he used the kid he had originally thought would be the main course of the meal, included an offering of some sort, put it all on a rock as tribute to the Lord, as one who works wonders. Manoah and his wife looked on as this was taking place. This is verse 19. Since this was a burnt offering, obviously fire was involved. As the flame ascended, the angel of the Lord disappeared as he went up in the flame. Observing this spectacle, Manoah and his wife fell on their faces to the ground. That's in verse 20. They were awed by the whole incident. This was the last time the angel of the Lord appeared to Manoah or his wife. That's in verse 21. When the angel ascended in the rising flame, Manoah for the first time knew for certain that he had been in the presence of the angel of the Lord. Afterwards, Manoah and his wife had a little discussion about the significance of what they had seen. This conversation is quite revealing. Manoah concluded that he and his wife were doomed because they had just seen God. In several places in the Bible, seeing God could be dangerous, even fatal. In some ways, Manoah's reaction was quite orthodox. At the same time, his fear showed how much he underestimated God. After all, if Manoah and his wife died on the spot the moment they saw God, so to speak, that would have meant that what the angel of the Lord had predicted could never be realized. What sense would it make for the angel of the Lord to reveal that a woman would have a son if the very act of revelation spelled instant death? Manoah flunked the theology quiz, on that day at least. Manoah's wife, however, understood what had just transpired. She said in an ironically matter-of-fact way, If the Lord had wanted to kill us, the deity would not have accepted our offering. Moreover, we would not have been told these things, not to mention announcing the birth of a son in the future. That's in verse 23. This unnamed woman was the one to whom the original announcement had come, was the one given the instructions, was diffident while Manoah was peppering the angel of the Lord with questions and manifestly got the theology right in contrast to her husband's wooden and completely incorrect interpretation. Manoah may have been named in this episode, but his unnamed wife carried the day where it counted.
The next thing we know is that she did bear a child whom she named Samson. That's in verse 24. As the boy grew, the Lord blessed him. Eventually, the Spirit of the Lord began to stir him in Machadan between Zorah and Eshtaol. These geographical specifics speak to the fact that God's stirring Samson was relatively close to Philistine territory. Philistines have not been a factor in this story since verse 1. They will soon be central to the narrative, as will Samson, son of a woman who never has a name, but whose receptivity of a divine revelation and her theological acumen allowed her to outshine her husband Manoach, whose name unimpressively means resting place, Mr. Stand in the Mud, so to speak. God will rescue Israel from the Philistines eventually through the roguish and morally troubled Samson. But that rescue was set in motion when an angel of the Lord appeared not to the male head of a household whose name was Manoach, but to his unnamed wife, who was an appropriate recipient of revelation and was much better at a theological analysis as well. Once more, patriarchy is subverted. She may have been unnamed, but come to think of it, so was the angel of the Lord. Let me encourage you to go to my website, faspina.com, faspina.com, and put your email address there in the appropriate slots. That will give me a chance to have your email, and I can contact you when we start doing our mini-courses starting probably in September. Thank you. I want to thank you so very much for listening to The Bible You Thought You Knew. I have a question for you. Do you have a question or topic that you'd like me to cover on the podcast? If so, all you need to do is head over to Apple Podcasts and do two simple things. One, leave a rating and review telling me what you think of the podcast. Two, in that review, ask anything you want related to the Bible. That's all you have to do. Then, listen in to hear your question answered on a future episode. Join us next time on The Bible You Thought You Knew when we discuss Jesus' personal Bible. God bless.